hi my name is tiffany and today we will be doing the tort of false imprisonment false imprisonment now what is false imprisonment it is an unlawful detention or restraint of a person okay that to a particular place so it is an unlawful or an unauthorized act that restrains or detains a person to a particular place Chief Justice Edward Cole stated that every restraint of the liberty of a free man is an imprisonment although he is not within the walls of any common prison. He is not within the walls of any common prison. And when we look at the word imprisonment, we're not looking at it as you should not have a prison in mind okay the word is used loosely to donate confinement to any place it could be in the open field it could be in the cage it could be in the streets it could even be in the person's own home the person could be imprisoned in their own home once there is a restraint of that man's liberty then we are talking about false imprisonment now another thing to note is that there is that right. We spoke about it when we we're talking about unlawful arrest, Article 14, okay, that protects, that talks about the right for a person's personal liberty. Now we're saying that this tort seeks to protect a person's interest in freedom from physical restraint. Okay, it's from physical restraint. So this right is also protected and enshrined in the constitution, in the 1992 constitution. So you can look at Article 14, 15. 21 of the 1992 constitution and we will see all of these things all right so we're seeing that as a trespass first the act must that causes the restraint must be direct it must be a direct act it must be a direct act and then it must be intentionally done by the defendant intentionally done by the defendant the other thing we must note is that it must cause the confinement of the plaintiff to an area delimited by the defendant so that defendant must confine the plaintiff within a particular space and we've already said that don't think about a prison cell for the tort of false imprisonment to lie that the person can be even imprisoned in their own home in a space a very small space just standing in one particular spot that could be imprisonment once the person is restrained from that freedom of liberty and movement okay so this false imprisonment is founded on two ingredients there has to be imprisonment and there must be an absence of justification so it's false it's just wrongful it's unlawful all right now there must be an absence also of justification so that shows us that it is unlawful and it is unauthorized it is unauthorized now we must also note that the restraint in order for it to amount to imprisonment needs to be total it must be total and we will look at the case of bird and jones bird and jones and in that case the defendant blocked one side of a bridge to form a grandstand for a boat race and then he prevented the plaintiff's passage but the plaintiff refused to cross by the opposite path so there was another path that the plaintiff could have used to escape however he did not and it was held that no false imprisonment could lie because he was he had a reasonable means of leaving the place however he did 
not. He was still restrained in every direction. And so what we are talking about when we talk about the totality of restraint is that it must be a complete restriction in such a way that that person cannot have any reasonable means of escape, okay? That person will not have any reasonable means of escape. So we can look at other cases. In a case where you are in a skyscraper on the 11th floor and there is a free window, there's a window window open and you are stuck in this room, all the doors are locked, but the window is open. You can jump out of the window, but that's not a reasonable means of escape. As a matter of fact, you will die as you jump out of that window. So we can say that the restraint is complete. It is, sorry, it is total. It is total. That restraint is total because that person could not have escaped in the case where you are on the ground floor and the doors are all locked but there is a free window you say i will not jump out of the window please i'm not comfortable if i jump out my skirt will get torn we are sorry we are saying that that restraint is not total because you had a means of escape and that means was reasonable it was reasonable for you to escape okay reasonable for you to escape now you look at a case where let's say a train okay or a bus with locked doors which only stops at certain points maybe it cannot stop at a particular point for you and maybe one person a let's say person a decides that he wants to get down now and the bus cannot stop there will be no false imprisonment. There will be no false imprisonment. That case that you should look at is Robinson and Balmain New Ferroy Coy Limited. Okay, that case will look at it very well. So, from these cases, we can conclude that if there's a passenger and, and that person demands to get off at an unscheduled point, all right, we cannot say that it is false imprisonment it is false imprisonment however look at the case of sambov and alford sambov and alford you cannot imply that you would detain a person to enforce a contract so in the case where the innkeeper in that case detained the plaintiff for not paying his bill will say that he was held it was held to be false imprisonment because you cannot you cannot imprison a person falsely just to enforce a contract it is false imprisonment. It is false imprisonment. Now, there's a question of whether the plaintiff must be aware, must be aware of the restraint for this to lie, for this to lie. And there's this case, Heron and Boy, where the plaintiff was suing for his next friend, who was an infant of 10 years, and he was in school. And because he had not paid, she, his mother had not paid she owed the school some money they would not let the mother see the child so finally um there was no proof given that the plaintiff knew of the denial to his mother so he was refused he was denied the mother was denied of the um was not allowed to see her son because he was she had not paid 
she owed the school now the son at that point was playing he was not even conscious he didn't even know what was going on all he knew is that i'm playing and having fun and waiting for my mother to come and pick me up i didn't know that his mother was being restrained from seeing him all right now in this case all right in this case the plaintiff was the child right the plaintiff was suing for his next friend who was the child and so that plaintiff was not aware of his restraint he was being restrained so that he could not leave that place because his mother had not paid his fees but he didn't know so the court held that if there was no consciousness there was no imprisonment and there was no consciousness there was no imprisonment so you have to understand if there's no consciousness there will be no imprisonment so the act must be intentional the restraint must be total there must be no means of escape no reasonable means of escape all right and then the place of restraint need not be in the house or formal prison and then time is of no consequence if you restrain me for 15 minutes it's in false imprisonment one second false imprisonment one minute false imprisonment because all of these things are not relevant once there was a restraint that's all that needed to that was all that was needed and the restraining act does not need to be physical you don't need to touch the person you don't need to touch the person to determine that all right so that brings us to the end of false imprisonment there are lots of cases that we should read to give us an understanding there is this discussion about negligence negligently imprisoning a person in a case you should look at a sayers and the case that you should look at for that particular um yes it's in the sayers case all right sayers case and you look at whether you can negligently falsely imprison a person and also when you look at the directness the directness of um that restraint there are some cases to look at which will be Omegin and Leventis, Austin and Dowling. These are cases to read so you understand these things. So what we are saying about false imprisonment is that it must be a restraint, an unlawful detention or restraint of a person. It doesn't have to be in a prison cell. It can be on the streets. It can be in the person's own house. It can be on an open field. All right, but what you must understand is that that imprisonment is false, it's wrongful, unlawful, and not justified. And this is infringing on the rights enshrined in Act 4, Article 14 of the 1992 Constitution of a person's freedom, the person's freedom to personal liberty to liberty so when you are infringing on that you are liable for this tort and once we can establish that there was imprisonment and there was the absence of justification once we can say that it was direct it was intentionally done by the defendants once we can say that this caused a confinement of the plaintiff to an area 
delimited by the defendant then we are talking about false imprisonment and there are lots of other cases that we should look at but we also have to look at the fact that this must be total it must be a total restraint so in the case where there are options there are reasonable means of escape then we will not say that this restraint was total in that case false imprisonment will not lie however in the case where you believe that you want to get out and it's you can say that from all indications the imprisonment is total the restraint is total for example you are in a bus there's no way to jump out that will be the death of you there are so many other things so many other situations where it is a seemingly total restraint however when it is in these cases where a bus cannot stop because you just because you said so then we cannot say that it is false imprisonment however we're seeing that you cannot detain people to enforce a contract we look at this case of Sambov and Alford Sambov and Alford all right and then we finally looked at whether the plaintiff must be aware of the restraint to succeed and we looked at herring and boy about that student who was busy playing when his mother could not see him because he had been restrained however they are saying he was not aware of his restraint so false imprisonment could not lie and there was no consciousness but a case you should look at is marion and graham white aviation Corp. because that particular case also talks about whether the plaintiff must be aware and i think a lot of very important issues to flesh out on that case so you should read it and finally we look at the directness of the act the directness of the act and that brings us to the end of our discussion on false imprisonment have a lovely day and we'll see you next time